Welcome to the Vacation Home Help Podcast, the only podcast dedicated to helping vacation rental owners self-manage their properties. Your hosts deliver short and sweet episodes with actionable advice, tips, and strategies to level up your hosting skills. Whether you are a complete beginner or have been in the vacation home rental business for a while, you are in the right place to get the tools you need to succeed. Here are your hosts, John Candelario and Tim Casey. If you're in the vacation rental business, it's not a matter of scams could happen, scams will happen. It's unfortunate, but there are bad actors and scams will occur. We're going to share a number of those potential scams and more importantly, how can we prevent them? So, John, how do you think about scams? You've seen a lot of scams. You probably could write the book on scams. So what do you see and, and what can our listeners do to prevent scams in the future? Yeah, Tim, uh, Florida is beautiful as it is with its beaches and theme parks. It's also the capital of scams. <laughs> so Florida has lots of it um, and you need to be aware of them so you could prevent them from happening or at least if they happen, you can recover quickly. And I just want to talk about the scams that you've probably been seeing. Um, One that I know you've seen recently, Tim, because you asked me about this um, like a week ago. It's the person that is like inquiring about your property um, for like two nights, right? But they don't give you a lot of details. They don't give you a lot of anything. And it's always in a weekend and their profile doesn't have a picture on it. And it's just kind of shady. Um, They don't have any reviews. Right. Airbnb sent the message a couple of days later and it was like, hey, you were contacted from an account that we suspect to be fraudulent. Right. And that person could have booked with like a bad credit card, a stolen card, came into the property, stole everything, do all this damage, leave, and we would have no idea who they are. And then to make matters worse, there would be like a chargeback issued. Right. So all that money will not be paid out to you and you just have this huge mess to deal with. So that is happening a lot. I've seen it in Facebook groups. I've seen it happen in real life. Um, in Solterra Resort in uh, Davenport, Florida, I dealt with a situation where someone um, booked a property and the host was like, hey, John, you're around there. Can you just you know, stop by and see like what's going on? And there were eight cars outside, really nice cars, but there was really loud music playing, smelled like marijuana around the property. And there was definitely, you know, a party going on. So what happened was Verbal called this host and said, hey, the credit card they used, um, no good, right? It was no good. It came back fraudulent. That prompted the host to freak out um, and call the police. And it was a gang staying in the house, having a party. Um, they had credit card, sw- uh, credit card cloning machines there. They had guns. They had drugs. And this isn't a family resort. So there were a couple of arrests made and it was a really bad situation for the host because there was a lot of damage there. The house became a crime scene and it could have been avoided. So to avoid stuff like this happening, you need to make sure that you do what Tim does and screen guests. Like what Tim does, and I'll let you speak to this in a moment, um, you don't leave instant book on, right? Is that correct? Your instant book is off on your property? That's right. I want to create the dialogue, uh, start the relationship early on. So I turn instant book off. That's great. Because when you have instant book off, although it may take a, like give you, 
how do you say, less exposure with Airbnb's algorithm that favors instant booking. It gives you the opportunity to see who wants to book your place. You could ask, hey, you know, why are you coming to town? Uh, you, you coming on vacation? Not in like a weird way, but just being curious um, and just saying, you know, hey, who are you? <laughs> so in a nice way, um, just because if someone doesn't have any reviews and no profile photo and they just made the profile like a week ago, that's a huge red flag. It's not that every guest is going to have uh, reviews because sometimes you could be new to the platform. But it's if someone's trying to come for two days on short notice and they don't have any sort of reviews, anything at all, um, that should throw up a red flag. Um, and you can prevent that stay from occurring. Um, another scam I wanted to, to talk about because it's happening so frequently with the new change on Airbnb is a cleaning one. I mean, a lot of guests come in and they know the cleaning fee is expensive. So they'll nitpick at things or they'll even like stage something like, They'll put a red Kool-Aid on a linen and say it's blood, take a picture. And on the last day of their stay, they'll say, hey, I found this. Look at the picture. I'm going to complain to Airbnb. Um, and if their stay was short, Airbnb gives like 72 hours, right? So they can get their money back um, if, if everything checks the box with Airbnb just by sending a picture. So this can occur. So you, you do want to how do you say put in your instructions when they check in if there's any issues with your property maintenance or cleaning let you know immediately within 24 hours so you can have it fixed so they can be comfortable um because you you just want a way to let them know if there's a problem that you're there available and willing to fix it because you want them to have the best experience possible but it's happening too often that guests will complain about something completely fabricated and they'll get a full refund so you do want to be aware of that. Um, Tim, did you ever have anything like that happen to you or have you heard about this, um, this common scam? Yeah, I, I think I think we've all we've all seen the scams. And I think, John, the things that you've spelled out, there's some action items that we can all do to try to prevent them. One is to make sure you do the very best job you can screening guests. And John touched on one, turn off the instant book. That's just a recommendation. We also know that the short stays, the two-night stays, tends to lead to more problems than good. That's not an absolute, but the two-night stays, three-night stays can be problematic. So I always go four to five-night minimum. And what that does is automatically screen guests to get to a different population of guests. And then it's the house rules, making sure you make your house rules very well known. And in your welcome email, making sure you spell out what the expectation is. Hey, if you check in and there's any issues, contact me and I'll take care of it right away. Those three steps can help to mitigate some of the potential scams, but it's likely you're still going to run into them from time to time. John, the one um, that you and I have talked about recently has been the bed bug scam. How can owners think about preventing that? Oh, this one is, I've seen it happen more than once. Um, and they sell fake bed bugs on the internet. It's so weird, but uh, they actually sell like fake ones. And what people will do is they'll stage them on your bed. So they'll, they'll, it looks like it's in your house and they'll take a picture and they'll send it to Airbnb. This is why actionable item, this is what you should do. Have a good pest control company that provides a clean bill of health when they do their service. Because a lot of the times when you have a good quarterly pest control plan, they will go out for included in that cost. 
So if the guest says, hey, there's bed bugs here, you say, not so fast. I want to help out. Let me send over my tech. And you'll see that they'll say, no, it's not necessary. You know, we just want to move or get a refund. That's a red flag. You need to like have a, a good pest control company on retainer with a quarterly or annual plan so that they can go out and assess the situation because they're pros. They can flip the mattress, look in the box spring. They will detect if there's a live bed bug or dead bed bug at the property. So the guest, once you tell them you'll send someone out, they'll freak out because they know that they're going to find nothing there. So having a good pest control company on call is super important because it'll prevent you from paying out thousands of dollars. Because put it into perspective, if it was a $5,000 booking and they are successful with that bed bug claim, you won't get paid any of it. And to make matters worse, their review when they check out will probably stick. And once they say you're the bed bug house, you're, no one's renting with you anymore. Like that's tens of thousands of dollars in damage. You're going to have to relist, take pictures, et cetera. So it's important to have a pest control company that you trust that goes out, provides that report and checks it like next day, if possible, they can go out and check the property that will protect you. Um, but this scam does happen. You may think it sounds bizarre, but it happens. So you want to be prepared for it. I just want to call out, Tim. Um, do, do you have any comments on the bed bug scam? Before I call you know, the next one. Yeah, the only thing I would note note on this one, John, and, and again, you and I have talked about this one a lot because we've seen uh the bed bug issue in central Florida of late. You know, what can you do to prevent this? Number one, make sure you have bed bug encasements on your box springs, your mattresses, your pillows, number one. Number two, as John pointed out, have a really good pest control company. And then number three, you know, make sure you've got a great cleaning company who's doing laundry the right way and who's vacuuming and taking care of your carpet. All of these things can help really prevent bed bugs. And if you have that documentation, if you've got that history of what you do to provide a great environment for your guests, that certainly helps you with Airbnb and Verbo if indeed a fraudulent claim is made. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's all about being prepared and having the right people around you um, and making sure the cleaners are doing the right work too, um, because that makes it a lot easier when stuff like this happens. Because you could say, hey, I, I followed the right cleaning procedures. I had the pest control company there. They checked that they didn't, found it. they didn't find anything at all. So I'm sure there's no bed bugs there, right? You, if you have that like process, that system in place, you don't have to worry so much about this because if it happens, you you can prevent, you know, the worst, the payout, the reimbursement, all that. You can prevent it if you have the right tools in place and the right people in place. Um, I want to call out quickly the squatter. Um, I had a friend, Angie, way back, same resort, Solterra. That place is a magnet for trouble. <laughs> but um, she had an issue in COVID times with a guest coming for over a month. So after COVID, bookings were really slow in the Disney area because the parks had the vaccination rules. No one wanted to really go to the park in the heat with the mask on. It was horrible. So she had a guest that said, Hey, I'll book this place for two months. And she jumped at it. She said, Wow, two months? Like that could really help me right now. So awesome. You can come. And this person was a fugitive uh, from Tampa <laughs> and stood in the house, made a huge mess, and refused to leave and kept citing the COVID eviction laws. Like, oh, you can't you can't kick me out because I've stood over a month and I'm a tenant now. Well, she never signed a lease with him. So in certain states, if if you stay over 30 days or over 28 days, it becomes a lease. Whether you have a written lease or not, it becomes one. So you may not know this and you jump at longer term stays because 
that's easier for you. Less interaction with the guest, more money, right? But not so fast. Um, if you have a verbal agreement or an agreement through your Airbnb booking and your state law says that that's a tenant, you can't just turn around and kick them out that easily. You got to go through an actual eviction process. And that's going to cost you a lot of money and a lot of heartache. And your house will probably be trashed at the end of it. So you need to make sure you understand that like squatting is a real thing. And people use like Airbnb and Verbo and the platforms, even Facebook, to get into your property, to book for over a month. They'll give you that first check. So you do get some money. But when um, you know times get hard or the credit card comes back bad, they've already been there for over a month. So squatting is a real thing. And you definitely actionable item. Research your state laws, research your local laws, and make sure that if you're going to take a longer term stay, you know the implications for you. Because everywhere is different. And if you don't know this and it happens to you, it will ruin your, your year. So um, have you seen that happen? I hope not, Tim. Like, I hope you, you haven't had to deal with that ever. But um, I what do you I've, advise? Um, what, yeah, what I, have not, I have not had the squatter yet, although I've certainly... Um, I know fellow owners that have, and those are very difficult times to deal with. So, you know, I think the best thing we can do, John, in the show notes is list the scams that we are aware of, along with some some tips on what owners can do to prepare and prevent these things going forward. Really isn't a matter of if, it's when, but the better we can be prepared, the better we can set ourselves up for long-term success. Absolutely. And I know this is a little bit of a longer episode, but I'm also going to call out um, one more. Um, And this last one is the extortion person. Um, This is in the case with reviews. Uh, Some guests will say, hey, if if you don't give me what I want, I'm going to leave you a bad review. And you may be thinking, what do I do? Like, If I don't give them a two-night refund, or their clean feedback, I'm going to get a bad review. Well, not so fast. Tim's a big fan. I'm a big fan of documentation. So any sort of communication you have should be in writing. That can be in the Airbnb messages, the verbal messages, and emails. But make sure once the conversation escalates to that, that you continue the conversation in writing so that if they threaten explicitly say, I will give you a bad review if I don't get my money back, you have that in writing. Because that will protect you um, in the case that you know they do leave that bad review out of spite. You can go back and refer to your messages and documentation showing and highlighting that behavior because then the review, in, in the best case, will get removed. So this happens a lot when there's a conflict with guests and hosts and they, they want some sort of compensation or a free night. Um, they will sometimes threaten the host. So you do want to make sure like once things start to go south um, with the guest that's causing trouble, um, you have all that communication in writing. Uh, that's, that's what I recommend. Um, and hopefully that hasn't happened to you. I, don't, I, I hope it hasn't, Tim, but it's something that I'm also going to include in the show notes, as you talked about previously, just so hosts can identify when this happens and they know what to do when it does happen. Yeah, um, and I think, a, I think a good action item here, John, is uh, you know from time to time, I'll have a um, a guest say they want to talk via phone. And I always prefer written communication for the exact reasons John just outlined. But if I do have a phone call, I always follow up with a recap via email, a written recap of exactly what we talked about so that I've at least got that documentation. And again, 
uh, I do this and I do it the right way, hopefully, so that the guest views it as a service. But if it does turn into a scam, I've got the documentation. So, you know, verbal conversations, it's always going to be he said, she said. Make sure you document as much as you can, even if it means documenting a phone conversation. Uh, at least that's something. Absolutely, Tim. And don't get scammed. Um, make your listing scam proof or at least scam resilient with your language and your communication. Take a no nonsense approach when things start to go south and be really strict because you have to deliver good hospitality. But if someone's trying to, you know, uh, scam you, um, you need to know how to respond. So th- there will be more resources in the show notes. But this episode, revisit it a couple of times if, if you didn't really get all of the points the first time, because these things do come up and they come up um, maybe not this year, next year, but stuff happens. And this episode will highlight like how you can respond. So hopefully you liked what we talked about. Please rate, review and subscribe. If you have a question, you can reach out to us um, and hope this was helpful. Everyone take care. If you need a new Airbnb cleaning service, Vacation Home Help connects highly talented cleaning professionals with high-performing hosts like yourself. Use coupon code PODCAST for $50 off your first service. Thanks for supporting us. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show. Visit vacationhomehelp.com and click podcast for more resources on today's topic and more episodes that will help you level up your hosting skills. Let's get social. Connect with us today by joining our growing community of motivated owners at facebook.com slash groups slash vacation home help. As a member, you will have access to sneak peeks and exclusive free resources. You can also connect with other owners with shared interests, learn from each other, the community, and from shared experiences. Again, thank you for supporting us. Until next time, take care. Take care.